What's going on, everyone? Back again for another episode of Hockey Talk with Ryan Hawk. And oh my goodness, guys, this one is an absolute beauty. John Morasti, one of the toughest guys the AHL has ever seen, comes on the show this week. And we talk about his career and the role of the enforcer. And, um, you know, he, he lets the stories fly, uh, including an incredible story involving himself, Jeremy Yablonski, and a group of angry Russians, and how Artemi Panarin helped him avoid trouble with the police. So let's not waste any more time. Here's another episode of Hockey Talk with John Morasti. What's going on, everyone? Back again for another episode of Hockey Talk with Ryan Hawk. Uh, I'm joined today by one of the toughest guys of his era joining me. John Morasti comes on the show. Uh, John, how's it going, man? Where are you right now? I'm not too bad. I'm uh, in Middle Lake, Saskatchewan. I'm flying Dust First Nation. Yeah, okay. In, in northern Saskatchewan, so we're just enjoying it. And finally came in from outside. It got a little bit late on here. <laughs> man, I appreciate this. Um I mean, let's get into it because you mentioned, yeah, being from Meadow Lake. So, I mean, was it right out of the gate you were just right into hockey or was there any other sports that you kind of picked up as you came up? Well, you know, growing up, obviously, as a Canadian kid, yeah, your, your dreams to play hockey, right? And I had a lot of older cousins and friends that all played. And and uh, so, yeah, you know, from, from a young age, I was always involved in hockey. Another sport that I got into about 10, 11 years old was obviously boxing. Um, that was a really good – sometimes I feel I wasn't a team player. So it was nice to box, right? You don't, you don't have to rely on anybody else doing their job. You just do your job. So, you know, boxing taught me a lot too. And obviously for the type of game that I ended up playing in professional hockey or even in the junior ranks, you know, I think boxing really prepared me for that, but also disciplined me as well. You know, you don't, you know, you have to train, you have to, it's, it's, a, it's a really good sport. You know, I really uh, recommend that for any parent that has a kid, you know, it's just uh, not just about the fighting, but just about the structure and the sport and stuff. Yeah, it's full of discipline too, eh? Because yeah, like you said, it's it's a one man yeah. show basically. It's like if you're yeah. not ready, that's it. Yeah. Were you? Uh, did I read that you were Golden Gloves champ? Yeah, yeah. I I won the Golden yeah. Gloves a few years in a few few years in a row. You know, it's. Uh, but then when I got to to the you know 16, 17 year old years when I won it in eighteen, but that's when I kind of stepped into the Western Hockey League and you know kind of took hockey as my number one sport. So it was tough to want to be a boxer and be a hockey player at the same time. So. Um, but you know, in the off season, it was awesome because you'd train, and and there's there's nothing like boxing and, and and going in a ring and sparring and stuff. So, and I had a lot of older guys that I boxed with, you know, guys like Jeremy Oblonsky and uh, a few local guys here that were pretty tough. So I got to spar with all the older guys and kind of get picked on, and and it kind of prepared me for my path. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. So you said 16. So is that about the time where you just realized, man, I'm tough as shit, and I can just make a, a living out of this? And, and I don't, I don't, I don't think I was tough as shit. I just think I really enjoyed it and I was good at it. You know, I I went to my first junior camp when I was I think 15 years old, and uh, I don't think I was really old enough to play in the league yet. But they they tried yeah. keeping me, and and actually my uncle was actually took me to that camp that weekend, and he kind of said, no, I'm not letting you stay here. You're too young. Uh, and then I ended up going back and still playing bantam hockey. Um, they were trying to keep me, you know, I, I went and, you know, I didn't even at a young age, I was actually a pretty skilled player. So believe it or not, um, you know, I was always one of the leading scorers and, and, and offensive players. And, and I think I stepped into junior ranks too early and, and got into my first fight. I remember it was actually in Drayton Valley in the Alberta junior league. And, uh, you know, like I said, I wasn't even old enough to play in the league and I ended up fighting the 20 year old captain and, and, and beat him pretty good. You know, I don't know how I'm not, you know, I'm not bragging or anything, but it was, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, I'm pretty good at this. And a couple of the older guys tried fighting and didn't, they didn't fare so well either. So 
next thing you know, they were trying to keep me on the roster, but, you know, at a really young age. So, um, yeah, it was fun, you know, also growing up, uh, being a, being a white looking boy on the reserve, I got picked on a lot too. So okay. it's funny, you know, until I was about 14, I wasn't, I wasn't tough at all. And, you know, I'd get picked on and, and now it's funny when I go back to the reserve and see all my buddies that used to pick on me, they're, they're scared shitless now. So <laughs> <laughs> the, tides, the, the tides have changed. Yeah. Uh, no kidding, man. I mean, it, you brought up an interesting point there. Cause yeah, I mean, when you're a kid, I don't, when I was 10, I wasn't thinking, man, I'm going to, I'm going to be a fighter or anything like that. Yeah. Even at 30 years old, I still don't think I'm going to be a fighter. Yeah. But when it, when you think about it, like you mentioned being a, a you know a solid player as a young yeah. uh, young kid, like yeah. who are you? Some of the guys you looked up to, man. Who were some of the guys that oh, I, I, I want to be this guy? I actually always loved Wendell Clark. It was, he was a guy that I liked. You know, he's he was. You know, I guess I've always had that little bit of grittiness in my blood. So even at a young age, I always liked the rough stuff. And and a guy like Wendell Clark was a great player, but you know, can also fight the best of them and and you know I grew up liking everybody obviously like Wayne Gretzky you know you like all the all you look up to all of them you know and and then when I actually started getting into to to my role you know at the junior ranks I started looking up to guys like Chris Simon you know who's actually a good friend of mine now and and you know there's even a guy named Gino well I don't don't have to tell you Gino Ojik you know ended up actually fighting him at one of the Indian tournaments up in in uh Prince George it was actually a pretty funny story because I ended up cutting him open pretty good and I felt horrible you know, kind of want to say sorry to him. So, but, you know, it's, I looked up to a lot of guys, you know, it's, and it's fun. And even guys in my hometown that, you know, played hockey, you know, we looked at them and said, shit, I want to do what they do. So, um, you know, just, just everybody. And, and, uh, but yeah, I would have to say the, one of the guys I remember as a young kid was, was Wendell Clark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you mentioned the Prince Albert, so that, that was your rookie year and, and I was kind of looking that up. So 30 games, 109 PIMS. Uh, including a couple scraps with the the late Derek Bugard, who uh, watching the the footage. First of all, I, I couldn't figure out which pixel you were, uh, and, <laughs> and second of all, you know Bugard has about a half a foot on you, and, and you're holding yeah. your own. Oh yeah, um, no, definitely. You know, uh, Derek was uh, obviously one of the best at what he did. You know, um, but yeah, I used to. I, I thought I always fared pretty well against him for a guy that was a foot taller than me. He he uh, seemed to struggle against me, and and uh, it was fun. But you know, I respect the guy. He did awesome, and. And, you know, even going into the American League and the NHL, what he did was, was awesome. And he, he would be considered one of the toughest guys that's played the game. And, and uh, but, you know, at a young age, him and I, there was, there was a, the West League was pretty tough at that time. You know, I had Derek Bugard, Colton Orr, myself, yeah. Matt Sommerfeld. You know, there's a lot of guys that actually didn't go pro that were probably tougher than some of the guys that did go pro. But, uh, no, it was an awesome experience, you know, to be able to play in Prince Albert in the Western League. It's only an hour, two hours from my hometown. So, you know, going there was nice because, you know, day off, I'd just drive home and, you know, but then I uh, ended up getting traded to Tri-Cities, where it's a, a whole different story. So, um, but yeah, no, like I said, I, my junior career was quite fun. And I started off in the, in the uh, actually the SJHL. But my, my whole way up, you know, I played some games in the NHL and exhibition and stuff. And, and my whole way to, to the higher ranks of hockey was always kind of the weird way. You know, I, I made the SJHL not by, you know, playing AAA midget. I actually played Bantam AA and was playing at the local senior team. And... Okay. Uh, that's how I kind of got recruited to Kinnersley because we were playing the Kinnersley Clippers senior team when I was only in Bantam and I actually fought and I remember Middle Lake supports the senior clubs really well here so you know it was a full rink and I was still a young kid wearing a full cage and I fought some 28 year old man and actually beat him <laughs> up pretty good and I remember after the game one of the guys said oh someone wants to see you outside from the other team and it was he was actually a scout for the Kinnersley Clippers and he said well can you come to Kinnersley this fall and I said yeah sure so that's kind of how I got into into the 
SJHL and then, you know, and then I went to the WHL, but, but back to like pro hockey, you know, I actually quit hockey. I only played in the Quebec senior league and was going to quit hockey. And, you know, a year later I was playing an exhibition game in the NHL. So I kind of had a really kind of a really weird path to, to get to where I got. Um, but yeah. I don't regret it one bit. It was a blast. No, I mean, and I mean, that's the thing. Cause I was again, just going through your career and, and seeing some of the numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. a couple of years after your Western league, uh, uh, career ended the you're in the east coast bakersfield um how did you end up there uh that's a funny story too i i actually had a uh my son tristan at a young age i think i was 19 when my my high school girlfriend had to got pregnant so uh my 20 year old year i decided to quit hockey and, and go to school and you know wanted to be a dad and, and you know didn't want to be that guy that just just left and uh i actually enrolled in the university of saskatchewan and was taking my arts and science and you know come i think it was the season had already started and I was going to university in Saskatoon and uh, Bakersfield Connors kept calling and saying, we want you to come. We ended up working a deal. They covered the, the expenses of my university because I was going to leave if I left. You know, I had a bunch of fees to pay, so they covered that. And, and uh, you know, big pusher was my dad. You know, he said, I'm only young for you, young for once in my lifetime. So he said, go ahead and try. You know, I'm here helping take care of your son. And so I, yeah, I went to Bakersfield, I think as a 20 year old and, I'll be honest. I thought I was going to go there and I, I would fight anybody, but I thought I'd probably lose a lot more than I won. And, and I think that year I, I should, I, I don't think I lost many fights, you know, and I think I fought 40 times or 35 times or whatever it was. And, you know, there was some, some tough guys in there. So, um, and that's kind of where I realized that, you know, I could hang with the, with some of the bigger guys, you know, guys like Steve McIntyre were there, you know, Josh Gratton. And I fought those guys even further down my career as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, that's kind of how I stepped into to my pro ranks was I was going to university, quit hockey. I was a bouncer at a bar and I got a phone call to go play pro and, and that's how it started. Well, that first year Bakerfield, uh, you had 358 PIMS and you, you kind of touched on it. And I'm curious, like when you, when you enter a new league altogether, especially a guy coming from Saskatchewan all the way down to, to Bakersfield and are you you start fighting guys is it more because you're trying to make a statement like I want to be in this league or is it just that other guys are hearing about you going well there's this new guy in town and we got to you know kind of test him here I think it was a little of both you know um obviously Bakersfield didn't bring me in because of what I did in, you know they did what, what I did in juniors basically what Bakersfield brought me in for so I I knew what I was going there for and and also at that time I was a young guy and and I wanted to make a name for myself right so I was challenging anybody and everybody and, uh, you know, I, I would, I, I wasn't scared of anybody. I'm not saying I was the toughest guy or I was going to win all of them, but I, I wanted to fight. And, and I think that's what, what kind of towards when I got old, I remember asking younger tough guys to fight and they'd be like, I'm not fighting you, you know? And, and I think that's how the game really evolved and, and washed us out. Right. Because it was such, uh, there was a different breeds when I was young, all the young guys wanted to fight all the old guys to prove a point. And, and now it's like, I don't think there's no young tough guys coming up that want to challenge that no more, you know, cause nah. I know you talked about the, the, the stage of the, the NHL even right now. I laugh when you, you read some of these fight forums and stuff and people are calling, you know, Ryan Reeves, the heavyweight champ, and he beat up Probert. And, you know, guys <laughs> like us laugh because Reeves, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't even be a top 30 guy, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, so it kind of giggled to myself, you know, even guys like Milan Lucic, who's an unbelievable player, don't get me wrong, but as yeah. a tough guy, I mean – I didn't think he was tough, <laughs> but no, it just, it's just a completely different game now, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, obviously those guys are, are faster and, and, you know, skilled, but I just miss the, 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 the colorful players, you know, the guys that went out there and crashed and banged and, and uh, even going to Russia, 
the playing in Russia, guys would laugh and they'd say, you know, they feared Canadian hockey because, and not even the fighting, but just, you know, your third, fourth line grinders. And, you know, now we're, we're turning to the European style. So I, I feel that we're going to lose our respect over the years now. So. Well, and I, I want to get to Russia. Uh, definitely want to get to Russia. There's a couple of <laughs> things I wanted to ask you about, but yeah. I think you're right. Like when I, when I think of the league, I agree with you on Ryan Reeves. Cause I think that he's almost, he's kind of like the last of yeah. that. I, I mean, I'm not, dis- I'm not disrespecting him. He's a tough, tough kid, you yeah. know, obviously, but I just think to compare him to, you know, some of the guys in the past, there's not, not a chance, but you'll read a comment, some fan that's probably never watched hockey before in the nineties will say, Oh, these are the toughest gladiators or hound. And it's kind of makes you giggle. And yeah. also, I think it's like, yeah. Cause I remember uh, watching, you know, those old Don Cherry Rock'em Sock'em and he used to highlight Ty Domi and yeah. Probert and, uh, you know, uh, Tony Twist and those guys. And yeah, and you're right. It's like, yeah, Reeves, he's not really doing much offensively. He's not really doing much to begin with. Uh, but as a fighter, I think he fought Curtis Gabriel this year, you know, beat him up pretty good. Adam yeah. Lowry kind of had it, you know, handled it pretty well, but yeah. nobody's, there's no, uh, there's nobody there, you know, no, good, no good buddy, there. good buddy of mine. And I always joke around with guys. Cause when you hear guys calling him the champ, uh, I would actually put my money on Derek England, who's a good friend of mine. And, but he's yeah. such an undercover guy, right? He plays defense. He's, but Anglin, I think, would, would, would probably get – they're on the same team, though, right? But I'm just saying, yeah. there's guys out there that are probably just as tough but don't fight, you know? And I'm sure yeah. it was like that when I played, too. There was probably some good skill guys that if they actually fought, might have been pretty tough. So. Yeah. What was the adjustment like for you uh, jumping into pro hockey all of a sudden? Now you're, you're riding buses in the East Coast League, and it's, it's a living. Yeah, uh, it was it was cool. I mean, obviously, I was already used to that lifestyle because of junior. You know, the Western League, same thing. You, you ride buses and you travel. Uh, I think the good thing was it was Bakersfield, California, where it's, you know, 80 degrees every day. And and uh, I actually ended up meeting my wife there that I'm with now. And, and uh, you know, the fans really took to me and treated me like gold. And, and I and I loved it. And it was kind of my footstep into the into the pro ranks, right? So I uh, had, had an awesome year that year, like you said, as well for from a tough guy standpoint, you know, had a lot of pims, you know, a lot of fights, a lot of, I think I had a few points, you know, and, and uh, was actually going to get an opportunity to go to Chicago Blackhawks were calling me that, that summer. But then unfortunately that's when the 2004 and five NHL lockout came up and kind of screwed me there. You know, that was kind of ex- an exciting opportunity for me. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm looking here at your, your hockey DB. And so, yeah, there was uh you played in the UHL, which I don't even know what that is, to be honest. What yeah, it's, it, it's kind of, it's kind of double-A hockey. Uh, the reason I went there, too, is a funny story because, of, yeah, I don't know if you've read into it, but if you ever go to Google and, and Google the Danbury Trashers, um, it was a mafia team. I didn't go to the UHL because oh. I wanted to play in the league. It's, I was actually offered uh, – it was uh, – there's a Sports Illustrated documentary on it. It was uh, – our owner was, was obviously uh, Italian mafia, and it was a Sopranos all over again, you know. He – owned a garbage company and, and, you know, we'd go to these Italian parties where everyone was wearing a pinky finger, uh, pinky ring. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was a good experience. That was the Danbury trashers. And he brought in yeah. a lot of tough guys, guys like Steven Pete, Garrett Burnett, Frank Bialois. I mean, a lot of these really, really tough guys and they really, you know, liked tough hockey. So uh, it was kind of a neat opportunity. It was the year of the lockout. So, you know, you're kind of throwing a lot of money at a double A level. And, you know, I, at that age, had a kid already, so I was always looking for money more than than anything, right? And that might even 
ruined my career a little bit for if I go back in the days when I was offered some NHL contracts and stuff, but I would always kind of doubt myself and go the, the higher expensive AHL way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but uh, I've been all over Quebec senior league, you know, the LNH was, believe it or not, it's actually a really, really good league. Um, well, I mean, it's it, it, the articles that are written about that league. They call it the toughest league in the world. But the yeah. thing is, I've seen the alumni, and they actually had some pretty like skilled yeah. players. It's, that it's, it's it's different. I always argue. I think it, I think it doesn't get as much respect as it as it should because of the fights. I think, and I and I admit, I I'm the one guy that absolutely loves hockey fights. You know, but I even sometimes thought it was getting got carried away. You know, there was no need for a bench brawl, and and it was only really the few of the donkeys running around trying to cause havoc and I was one of them but you know I, I would never go and sucker one of the best players I wasn't a dirty guy like that unless unless there was a point to be made you know if someone got took a run at ours um but yeah like I said if you the one year when I was there uh I think if you took the top two teams which are probably would have been us the Sorel mission and uh and then probably the St. John team the St. John Chiefs those teams were pretty much American League teams that would probably compete in the AHL the thing that we got, they got black lot balled for was because, you know, your fourth line was three guys that were 280 pounds wanting to fight. Yeah. Um, but the caliber hockey, like when those two teams would play, it was, it was fast. Cause you had guys like Bobby Dallas, you know, a lot of guys that played in the American league in the NHL that were playing there as well. So it was, it, it didn't get as much credit as, as it should get. Um, and then when then we go into the comment about saying it's the toughest league in the world, I'd agree to an extent. I just think that, there was more meatballs there than, you know, if you took the top 10 guys in the Quebec league, you know, like there was me, Terrio, Steve Bosse, um, Dean Mayer, and all those guys were just as tough as any guy in the American hockey league. But then you got number two and three guys that were coming up that were just there to fight. And I mean, they weren't that tough, but they would just fight every game, you know? So I don't always say it was the toughest. I mean, they had the most fighters, but there was yeah. more quantity than there was quality. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, they used to ask if I had any buddies that knew how to fight in a bar back home and I'd bring them there. You know, I never brought me there, but that's, that's how they, you know, if, you, if you're tough on the street, let's try you out kind of thing. Yeah, so, it was like but goon. It, but it was a good experience. I ain't going to lie. I mean, the people in Quebec treated me awesome. You know, and to this day, I still have people that write me every day from, from Quebec and, and uh, they, they took me in like it was, you know, so that city actually was really good to me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's how I got my foot into the door into the American League was from from the Quebec Senior League. So you know they helped me with my career as well. Yeah, I wanted to ask you just quickly about Danbury too because I I saw you you played with Brent Gretzky there. And, yeah, uh, yeah. What was he like? Because I mean that guy, you know, obviously that name carries some weight. Yeah, he was. A, I I actually didn't get to know him that good. I was just a young buck at that time, and he was one of the older guys, right? So, but there's a lot of pressure having a brother as Wayne Gretzky. You know, but uh, yeah, I, I don't remember much of them, to be honest. That was so long ago. And, and I was only there for a brief stint, you know, and then I kind of moved back to, I think it was to Quebec. Yeah. yeah so. Well, let's, uh, let's get into uh, playing in, in Syracuse. I mean, I've, I was listening to a podcast uh, you did with Brady Liebold and he called Syracuse as, uh, you know, basically the best place that you, you ever played um, in, in pro hockey there. Yeah. And, I uh, mean, it, it, it came down to everything. I mean, the city of Syracuse was awesome. They, 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 treated me like gold but I also made a lot of family friends that to this day I'm still friends with and, and the organization the owner Howard Dolgan Jim Sroshi the general manager I mean to this day I call them and it's done right they can help me out and 
so there was a really good relationship there. And obviously I spent the majority of my career was in Syracuse. You know, I, I bounced around here and there before when I was younger and when I was older, but you know, Syracuse was kind of a home to me. You know, my daughter was born there. My, my oldest daughter, Ava was born in New York. So um, I, I, yeah, I just, the way the city treated me, the fans, you know, the organization, it, it was awesome. And, and like I said, I was getting, after that first year in Syracuse, I was actually getting some NHL deals from NHL teams, but I was so devoted to going back to Syracuse. I think I kind of maybe even took a wrong turn in my career, you know, staying there so long. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's my, if I had to pick one favorite place, it would have to be Syracuse. Well, I was looking at that roster. You had a couple of uh, former Canucks we know out our way, Derek Dorsett and Tim, uh, Tom Sestito, I should say, not Tim. But um, lots of guys with high PIMS. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, are you guys going in before a game, the tough guys saying, hey, you know, I, I got this guy, I got Yoblonski tonight maybe, and you yeah. got this guy, or is it more yeah, just – Yeah, it was, it, it was kind of like that. You know, I don't think we, – we actually set a, a record that year in the American Hockey League for the most consecutive wins. And that's when we turned to that tough style of hockey. It was, I remember it was about Christmas time. We were playing Chicago Wolves and they were in the first place team. And we were like one of the last place teams and we ended up having a brawl in warmups. And I don't know what it did, but it, it sparked us. And, and we ended up winning that game five, nothing. And, and that's, that started our 27 game streak that we ended up winning. Cause like I said, we were last place at Christmas. And by the time the season ended, I think we were first or second in the North division. So yeah. it was kind of, it was cool. But I remember the, that was the year in Syracuse that I think I liked the best because we were, we played kind of off my role. Um, I dressed, you know, for a tough guy that wasn't always getting dressed for like a lot of teams weren't dressing guys every night. I got dressed every night, you know, as part of the, 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 the team and, and we'd start writing warmups, you know, we had Zen and Konopka. Um, yeah. You know, those guys weren't really heavyweights though. You know, even Z, I mean, he, he was more of a middleweight. I consider him Tommy at the time was, was, was uh, you know, a young guy. So he wasn't really fighting the big boys. And Dorsett, and I love that kid. He has nothing but heart, and he's still a good friend of mine. You know, both him and Tom, you know, I still talk to quite a bit. So, um, but yeah, that was a fun year, and we sure entertained the fans. And you know, I remember <laughs> our, our, Syracuse was sold out every night before warmups yeah. even started. I mean, there was no people would make sure they were at the warmups. Usually, is kind of weird because you only get half the crowd, you know. And and I remember being in warmups, the building, everyone would be watching the the, the warmups like it was part of the game. Yeah. When you made the jump to Syracuse, because I mean that you're a stone's throw from the NHL at that point. Were there any veteran guys in Syracuse that kind of took you under their wing and just kind of taught you how to prepare and and you know be ready not just for the fighting but also just for you know life as a basically a pro hockey player at that point? I mean, yeah, yeah, I had a couple guys. I mean, some of the guys were like Z is a year older than me, but you know he also was also also in the league for quite a while. He was our captain, so Z Kanopka and I were really close. You know, he always would take me my wing, and I remember he'd get mad at me with the Yablonski fights. You know, most people think those are the best fights of all time, and he'd get mad at me because I didn't hurt him enough. He'd say, you know, he might he because I you know there's you know obviously it's no secret that Jeremy and I are friends, and I remember the one game we were in, we were in, it was actually I think it's rated one of the all time best fights. It was me and Jeremy sometime around Christmas time. And I remember, it, like I said, this fight to, as of today is rated as one of the best fights ever. And I remember riding the back of the bus after and Z come and got mad at me. You know, he's like, you know, at this point, cause I, I was having some NHL teams call me and, and Z was getting mad. He says, I don't think you hurt him enough. And he says, and I think it's because he's your buddy. Cause he was, you know, cause there's no secret that Jeremy and I are from the home same town and, you know, we are friends, but uh, he's like, I'll tell you one thing. If Jeremy could kill you, he'd kill you to make it. So he was kind of telling me I got to be yeah. meaner, right? And 
And I'm kind of go back because I remember my head was so sore and I'm laying in there and having Zeke yell at me, telling me all that <laughs> shit. It was kind of funny, but he's, he was just trying to look out for me. Like, right. You know, if he says, you know, guys are going to want your type of player, but you, you got to be meaner. He was saying, so I kind of always giggle when I even think back about that one. Well, and I, I think I know which fight you're talking about too. And I, I was watching that and I'm like, that's like no defense. Like it was yeah. just throw as much as you can. And then last man standing too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, we, we had a lot of fights, so I don't, don't even remember half of them either, but yeah, they were always, they were as entertaining. And, you know, you read some of the co- people's comments and say, Oh, they faked that or they staged that. Now, trust <laughs> me. <laughs> was, it, it's bragging. We were from the same small town. It's bragging rights, you know, so yeah. you get a giggle when people don't have no clue what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. You remember uh, your first AHL goal? Yeah. It was, actually my, it was actually my first game. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the way it went down, I remember it was kind of funny because, uh, I was actually trying to fight Jeremy and we were in the offensive zone and Jeremy came out. So I thought, well, here's my chance to fight him. And he didn't want to fight. And, you know, I was lined up in front of the net because we're in the offensive zone and we ended up winning the, the face off and, you know, went back D to D and D man took a slap shot and I wasn't really paying. I was trying to fight and it hit my stick as I deflected it and went in. So I think that was one of my first games in the American hockey league I scored. Uh, and then for the long, for the longest time, I think I had the best shooting percentage, one shot, one goal yeah. <laughs> for probably about four weeks. So I never took another shot in net. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it was, no was like I said, it was, it was fun. You know, it, it was a great experience and, and uh, it was even fun to play a little bit of hockey too. That's one thing I noticed in the, in the American league, I, you know, coming from Quebec where I was fight, fight, fight. At least I played a little bit and got to improve. You know, I, I didn't play enough to, to, you know, score a lot of points, but I sure improved a lot. Well, and I was going to say, so transitioning into the KHL and, and I was talking to a uh, former, uh, I might, might've been a teammate of yours, Gilbert Brule might've been a bit of an overlap yeah, there I, in Syracuse. I actually played him in Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah. He was up in Columbus, yeah. 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 So, you know, I asked him this and I'll ask you this too. Uh, the Russian gas, did you have any experience with the, <laughs> the, the mythical? Every single, every single guy asked about the Russian gas and I, I've, I've never, I've seen it, but I never did it. No, I, it wasn't mine. Okay. I wasn't, but, I, wasn't uh, good, I wasn't good enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, but I mean, speaking of, you know, of, of the hands and, and obviously you used them for fighting, but I saw your, your goal in the KHL too, in tight, backhand, forehand, around the poke check, <laughs> scored a goal. I'm going, geez, I'm like, yeah, this is, this uh, is, uh, so uh, was it, it was a little more fun there for you, a little more wide open, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, well the thing was Nazarov too would, would play, play me, right, you know, but I think a lot of guys don't realize, like I come home and played in a senior, senior double league here at home and went right to the finals. And, and, you know, you, you always see, you look at your stats in hockey DB and they think, Oh, he's a goon, but I actually led the league in scoring in, yeah. a, in a pretty good league that's here in, in Saskatchewan. So, uh, you know, if you get the opportunity to play, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm going to be a goal scorer in the NHL or it could have been, but you know, you're not as, you know, when you're out there, like when I played, I was out there to either throw a big hit or fight. So I, I wasn't thinking about trying to grab the puck and score a goal. Right. So, yeah. you know, but it does bother you because, you know, guys are like, ah, oh, he's nothing but a goon. He had no goals or whatever. But, you know, I come home and I, I can put the puck in now. <laughs> and senior hockey. I guess I'm a senior dreamer now. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, it's like I played in a, a few years ago. I was playing in this Div 1 league out my way. And, and this yeah. guy, Jeff Brown, who played, I think, maybe seven NHL games. He was mainly AHL guy. He's from Surrey, BC. He played for the Canucks and the Blues, handful of games. And we, same thing, like we kind of heard, we're like, ah, oh, you know, Div 1, they got this six foot four, you know, monster over there. Yeah. We look him up, we're like, well, it looks like he was just a, a fighter. 
And this guy had some of the best hands I've ever seen yeah. you know, on the ice. And he was, his shot was like sackic. It was just on the stick, off the <laughs> stick. And I was, I think he finished that year in like 30 games at 91 points, like led oh, wow. the whole league in scoring. I'm going, okay, so this really is, you know, as much as people look at guys like yourself and Yablonski yeah. and those guys, it's like, you put them, you know, you give them a chance to play and, and they can yeah. actually show you that they can score goals. I always said, if you only give Crosby three shifts a game, he's not going to play Maybe that's mean of me to say, though. Know, uh, he's, well, yeah, that's, yeah, you just, it bothers you sometimes, right? When you know you can play the game, it just, you, that wasn't your role. Yeah. But, but don't, and I love my rule. Trust me. You know, I'm one of those guys. I always get sports people trying to call me and put down fighting. And I, if I could do it all over again, I would. Yeah. In the KHL that year in, uh, in Chekhov, you were part of a team. So, you know, a lot of North American guys, Kip Brennan was on that team, Yablonski, Nick Tardaski. Yeah. You guys are all there. Um, and were you guys pretty much brought in just to protect some of the skill guys? Cause I noticed you had 19 year old Artemi Panarin uh, rocking that team as well. He was my little buddy, actually, yeah. You know, uh, well, well, Tarnaski and them was a pretty decent player. I wouldn't even consider him really a scrapper. He was just a physical grinder kind of player. And, uh, and, and Jeremy, obviously, that was there to do that. And our owner, the Russian mob guy, and, you know, he, he loved boxing and he loved hockey. So, obviously, he loved me and Jeremy, you know. And, and so, we, we were kind of an intimidation factor to protect the young guys, you know. But, I know that's what I was saying about Nazarov was he actually let me play with Panarin once in a while, you know, on the power plays and stuff. And it was always fun because you look at his successes now and, and, you know, he's, he's one of the studs in the NHL. So it's awesome to see that he's doing that good. Have you seen the highlight just from tonight? This is May the 3rd, uh, the Tom Wilson, you know, chucking him to the ice. Oh, no, no. I heard about, I heard about, uh, I heard about he, that he, he got a fighting, or a, I said, read something that he got a, a Gordie Howe hat trick, but he, did, he, he grabbed Panarin. He grabbed Panarin, yeah. So I was figured the Rangers better call me up for a day. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff Gordon's gonna be calling you, and and you know, tomorrow morning, going, hey, <laughs> when can you be out here? Yeah, that's yeah, that's and that's how the game changed. I mean, you know, when I played, if someone did that to our star players, there was gonna be something happening, and 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 that's why I don't like watching hockey no more. You know, not yeah. just the fights, just the physical, you know, passion of the game, and it's it's a different game. With uh, with the, the trip in Russia as well, uh, you know one of the obviously most more famous videos out there um, is you and Yablonsky basically starting World War Three with a, a group of drunk <laughs> Russian guys at a wedding. So. Oh yeah, oh, it wasn't a wedding. It wasn't a wedding. That's that's what the the rumor is. But it was actually our first two weeks in Russia. That's it's a pretty funny story. But um, you know, after the the weekend, we were in some city in the middle of Russia. And I remember we've, we've been there for two weeks, you know, camp every day and nothing, never even had an opportunity to socialize. So I remember after our game on, on Sunday, Nazarov, our coach said, you know, you, you Canadian guys go ahead and have, you know, we'll have a good evening and we fly out tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. or whatever. So, okay, cool. So we went for, uh, to a bowl. We went to, I think a bowling alley. We went for dinner You know, we're having drinks and we were pretty, pretty lit up. And I remember this, this club opened at uh, midnight. And, you know, we wanted to see the nightlife. So we were, we were outside a club and it was about 1130 at night. So we were waiting for the club to open. And I mean, there was, you know, a couple hundred people lined up waiting to get in this club. And obviously Jeremy and I at that time kind of stood out like sort, you know, we had Mohawks or whatever and bigger guys. And we started getting actually like a bunch of group of people wanting autographs and stuff and just being right, really nice. 
and a wedding party was trying to get into the bar and all the girls were trying to talk to our, our team, our players that were there. There was about five of us there and the rushing, the wedding guys didn't like that. So then they jumped in and were, were fighting our teammates. So of course, Jeremy goes to the defense and, you know, and then three guys jumped Jeremy. So Jeremy's one of my best friends. So I'm going to help him. And uh, long story short is we ended up knocking about four or five guys out and I was pretty, I'll be honest, I was pretty scared because we took off yeah. and I was looking at these guys and they're shaking on the ground, eh? And, and uh, all of a sudden you hear the cops coming behind us and they jump out. So I'm not going to get shot. So I stop and, you know, and Jeremy and them all kept running. So anyways, they cuffed me up and I don't speak a word of Russian and, you know, yeah. and they don't speak a word of English. So I, was, I didn't know what was going to happen. And luckily, little Art and Panarin is the one that saved me. He turned, because he was one of the guys okay. with us. He comes back and he was like, no, no, no that's Marasty. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I, and at that time, Panarin didn't speak any English. Yeah. And he just looks at me, he goes, money, money. And I said, yeah, he says, give, give. <laughs> so I gave, I gave those Russian cops about 200 American dollars. And I remember they let me go. Eh? And yeah. but then a couple of weeks later, that, that video turns all over their sports channels and these guys were getting mad saying they, we jumped them. And so it was kind of a, it was a kind of a big thing in Russia, actually. They wanted to have a Sportsnet interview us for it and stuff, so it's different. Yeah. But money, we, weren't money. At a, we, we weren't at a wedding pick and fights like everyone's making. No, no, yeah. I think the title, <laughs> of the title of the video was like, yeah, like they fight like a wedding party or something like yeah. that. But yeah, I certainly, it does make it sound like you guys crashed it, I guess. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm not a wedding crasher. <laughs> but that's funny, though, that the money, money, like the cops spoke that language, I guess. No, no, was, no. That, that was Panarin. Kind of Panarin was talking okay. to the cops, and I guess the cops told him, said, okay, we'll pay us. And then that he looked at me and says money. And so they know what money is. Yeah. yeah. But Russia, too, I mean, that was an awesome country. You always hear so many bad, negative stuff about it. But, I mean, I got to meet that Putin. You know, he was actually a pretty good guy. Uh, um, you know, just, sick hockey player, man. Too. I mean, oh, you mentioned you you mentioned your shooting percentage. I think he might have you beat. <laughs> oh, guys, I'll just move for him because he's so scared of him. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, like the people there treated me like gold too. So wherever I went, I don't really have any complaints. Wherever I played, but it was really cool to see how passionate they were about you know, especially being First Nation. The Russians really loved that kind of thing. They were like, oh, we want to know more, and you know, yeah. ask me if we still lived in teepees, and kind <laughs> 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 of got a kick out of that. So. No way, man. What do you, um, I'm curious what you think of, of fighting this day, these days. I know we talked about it uh, a little bit here, but I mean, obviously I just mentioned Tom Wilson, you know, six four two thirty. 230, um, takes a, if you haven't, I know you haven't seen it. He basically took a swing at Butchnevich when he was on the ice part uh, Panarin jumps in, Wilson takes down Panarin, now Panarin's hurt and nothing happens. There's, there's nothing. Wilson doesn't even get kicked out of the game and nobody on the Rangers goes after him. And, I mean, I'm, this might be like my Neanderthal brain talking in a way, but there was something to be said 15, 20 years ago where teams could say, hey, you know, I remember that clip of Bugard literally just doing a lap in the neutral zone and suddenly the Ducks were very quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, well, like, what do you think of the game? Is it, is, I know it's better in a way from a skill standpoint, but do you think that it's going to take time – I mean, all we hear about is McDavid, Matthews. These guys are getting cross-checked. They're getting beaten up every night. Yeah. And nothing happens, though. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. You know, you have those star players, and, and it was our job to protect them, right? We almost kind of patrolled the ice and it held people accountable, as, as funny as it sounds. But uh, it's true. You know, the, the, the average hockey fan, even nowadays, that doesn't like fighting, don't realize the importance of it, you know. 
every great player that played in the past always had one of the toughest guys. You know, Gretzky always had, you know, McSorley. And, you know, you had all these guys that would follow. So, um, and yeah, it holds people accountable. You know, you're not having as many dirty plays now, you know. Yeah. And, and there would be a statement made, you know, if, uh, like you said, that Wilson had did that to Panarin, I guarantee you the next, if he was still in the game, the next shift I was going to be out there or, you know, if carried on to the next game too. People don't really look into, you know, they're not stage circus shows, you know, and, and uh, there's always some kind of importance to a fight. And, and when you really know the game, you know, and the true good players know it, they'll, they'll respect you, right? Like, so hockey, yeah, to me, is just not entertaining. I, I couldn't even name 10 guys in the NHL right now. Um, <laughs> I don't watch it. It's, it's, I just don't like seeing any passion. Like if the team's losing three, four, nothing, and there's a five minutes left, guess what? Let's make a statement for the next game, you know, but you'll see the score go up to eight, nothing, and they don't do nothing. And to me, that's just not passionate, you know, and, and uh, you know, they're hitting, there's no big hits no more. And every time there is a big hit, it's a penalty. And, and yeah. that just, to me is not, I guess I do like violence. I, I like, the physical, <laughs> I like the physical play, you know, and, and uh, when you don't see it out there, it's it. I don't want to watch that, you know? So I, I, I'm not a big fan of the game now. I, and I'm not saying those guys aren't tremendously skilled. You know, they're, they're small though. You know, you, you look at them, they all look yeah. like you're a bunch of, you're watching a major triple A team sometimes. <laughs> so, but they, well, they, they definitely are small and fast. Well, they just, I mean, Montreal too, tonight they had Cole Caulfield who's, uh, listed at five seven and like a buck 75 or something which uh you know it probably isn't even accurate he's probably a little bit smaller than that and, yeah you know but he's skating around he's scoring and you know in three on three he looks amazing but we'll see in playoffs obviously it's a different yeah. animal in the playoffs how he he handles that um regarding uh your career who's the toughest guy that you ever fought shit i i hate that question to be honest <laughs> I, I respect all of them but yeah. i mean you know, I fought Steve McIntyre was tough. If if he would have did what he did when he was 30, 30, when he was 22, he, he would have been a full-time NHL killer because, you know, I knew him. I actually, he was my roommate in uh, PA for a while there and we fought in camp and I actually took the job away from him because he was a 20 year old. But Steve is, uh, is, is the nicest guy in the world, like the most gentleman friendly guy. And I think when he got, it was almost too late when he figured out that he has to be mean to do the job. And he did that. And that's when, you know, when he did that, that's when he was in Edmonton and, and Florida yeah. and he, he, he was tough. He, 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 he kind of, and I'm not trying to brag about myself, but I, I consider myself a pretty good fighter that could fight with both hands, but the disadvantage is I'm five ten, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm lucky. And, you know, and Steve McNair, I fought, fought, I, I thought that he fought almost exactly to me. Like he would throw short and hard and fast, right. But yeah. both hands. And uh, so, yeah, when I'd fight him and he was tough and, and he hit hard. And yeah. uh, so he's a, he's a guy that I, I would say is one of the toughest that I fought, but I mean, I fought Steve Bossy who played in the Quebec league. That was pretty tough. And he obviously is one of the guys that beat me the most. So I shouldn't be saying he's tough, but that's kind of a whole nother story. Cause you know, there's fighting makes styles, make fights. Right. And there's guys that I would kill that would kill him. And, you know, so yeah. I think, I think Bossy was just the guy that had my number. Yeah. I don't know why. I, people probably think I should say that because he's got a big history against me, but um, there was a lot of tough, tough dude, you know? So I, I don't like really giving anyone credit. There's, <laughs> they're all pretty tough in some way. And, uh, you know, every guy brought something different to the table. Well, I've been talking to Yablonski on Instagram too. I'm trying to get him on the show. And, and yeah, I, I saw the picture of him training with all those bodybuilders and he's yeah. dwarving all those bodybuilders. I'm like, why would anyone want to fight this guy? But I mean, uh, 
was there, I mean, talk about the, the philosophy going in, especially a guy like yourself who you knew, you know, the night before we're playing this team, they got this guy, I'm probably gonna have to go with them. Were you kind of one of those guys that, you know, you just thought, Hey, it is what it is. It's the job, but you slept well, or, or, or did you have that anxiety going into no, it? No, I, 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 it's, it was a tough living. I'm not going to lie. And, and you always hear people say, I've heard goal scorers and I'm saying, you know, the toughest job in professional sports is being a tough guy. And it was true because I mean, as a, as a goal scorer, you just got to go out there and have fun and score goals. Right. And, and yeah. hope, just hope that you score three goals. But for me, it was like, this guy's going to come after me more. And you, you two days before, like if I was, if it was Wednesday night and I was playing, you know, Steve McIntyre on Friday, I couldn't sleep half the time because like yeah. those guys with one punch can, you know, put you out cold, you know, and you're nervous because you, you especially when you got to be one of the tougher ones, because everyone wants to see you lose. Right. So it's, it's, it's a frustrating job. And you remember I used to chew my nails and, you know, I'd go home for a pregame nap, you know, after pregame skate and you, you, you wouldn't sleep. All you do is just think about fighting this guy and it might, the fight might even not happen. Right. So the hardest part of the fighting was that was leading up to the fight. But I thought once the gloves hit the ice, it was an adrenaline rush. It was awesome. You know, and then after the fight's over and you, you celebrate or whatever, and you're like, shit, I worried for the last 48 hours about that. That was easy, you know, for, for so, two minutes. Does, yeah. yeah. So for the two minutes of fame I had there, I was, you know, 48 hours of just not sleeping and, and being nervous. So I think it does take a mental toll on a lot of the tough guys, you know, because guys just know that's your job and you're expected to do it. And, and if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it for you. Uh, some of the fights I saw you as well. I mean, so obviously for those that, that don't know you, you had the Mohawk hairdo, um, yeah. but some of the fights too, you're just laughing. And it, was that more of an intimidation factor? Or was that like the adrenaline's getting to you and you're just having the time of your life? I'm, with- I'm just, I'm enjoying it. I, I could really say I enjoyed fighting. Like yeah, I wasn't out there to kill anybody or hurt anybody, but it was a sport and you wanted to beat them, right? You're just like an MMA um and and the challenge and and me being a smaller guy you know I had a lot of doubters so uh, I just created a way that I would throw toe to toe and I I found myself smiling I I didn't even know I was smiling until one day I was actually in Bakersfield my first year pro my very first game I fought two guys I remember I beat them both up and I'm just 20 years old and they just brought me in from the university and I remember his name was Paul Kelly called me in the offices the coaches he just looked at me and smiled he says if you do that every game, he says, I guarantee you I'm going to have you in NHL. He said, he was like, he just said he couldn't believe that this young kid came up and, and I just, and he said, so if you do that every game, so I just started smiling and I enjoy it. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Cause I mean the, the, the showmanship, I saw the fight against Bissonette and you know, Biz has got a bloody nose and you're, you're you know, you're kind of doing this, you know, getting the crowd going and everything. Yeah. And you're like, I, I, again, and I'm, I'm speaking to you as somebody that probably had like four hockey fights in my entire minor hockey and, you know, <laughs> career. Yeah. but like it, if I ever had to fight a guy who was laughing and, and just enjoying it, I, I would be scared shitless. Yeah. So, people tell me that in a thing, but I'm not doing it to try scare guys. I just, I'm enjoying it. And, and it is funny. You know, I'd probably be kind of nervous too. If we ask a guy to fight, he says, yeah, sure. Let's go and has a smile. So that would intimidate me, but not many guys do it, I guess. Yeah. So, but What's uh, what's next for John Morasti? I mean, you played hockey for for many years. What's one of the the takeaways that hockey taught you that you you know you're applying now? Uh, just always chasing goals. To be honest, you know, I uh, actually ended up opening a Tim Hortons franchise here in Meadow Lake, uh, the first one. I ended up selling it. You know, it was it was it's a, it's a it's a huge awakening when you retire from pro hockey. You know, especially my last few years in KHL, making pretty big money and and not doing well. I, I shouldn't say not doing much. You know, you battle hard, but you know 
playing a game you love, right? And then you, you, when that all goes away, you come home and you, you, I, you can make what, what I made in a month. I make, you know, was making in a day there <laughs> playing hockey. It's, it's like, wow, you know, so um, just coming home and living through my, through my family and my kids. And, you know, I, I'm into leadership here with my First Nation on my reserve. I, uh, you know, do a lot of work with the youth and mentorships and, and just try to give back and, and enjoy myself, to be honest. Yeah, my wife is uh, my my sugar mama. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Like, like I told you earlier, I got the looks though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this has been uh, this has been awesome, John. I'm I'm glad we were able to do this because uh, you know you are one of those guys. As I mentioned, you're one of the toughest of your era, and, and honestly, one of the more memorable guys from that era as well. And um, so this has been great to share some stories, have some laughs. Is there, uh, is there anywhere people can kind of connect with you and, and chat hockey or? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty public on my Facebook. You know, I, I, I don't really, you know, I have a lot of people that will add me, but I won't accept them if they don't write me and, you know, let me know. Yeah. I'm, you know, cause there's a lot of people that will add you and I don't know who they are. So I, <laughs> I don't. So yeah, I, I, I add a few fans and stuff through my Facebook, but if they give me a little message to say, Hey, I was a fan, you know, so it's it's tough but yeah i try to keep to myself and just enjoy life now and, and be a hunter and a fisher yeah. <laughs> there you go man yeah that's awesome thanks again to john for coming on the show and to you for listening make sure as always to rate share and subscribe and we'll see you next week